change his practice and personally collect the runt money during COVID-19 pandemic. Common sense would dictate one would want less, not more personal interaction. Likewise, the interview report did not indicate whether he collected the rent from any other tenant. The state police did not provide the office with any financial records for Craddock. That's odd. He stated he did not receive complaints about them. He first learned there was criminal activity on June 17th with the search warrant. Uh, The colonel contacted him, said there was an arrest on the property. Uh, He was shown a photo of the woman arrested. He said he didn't recognize her. Craddock was asked about, this is Bud Craddock DMV, about the condition of the apartment. In fact, the windows were covered with garbage bags. He stated it was assumed to keep the light out. He was not aware the state police executed a search warrant on the premises in 2020. Craddock did recall there was damage to the front door, but he claimed he never learned the cause of the damage. It was forceful entry by the police. He hired a handyman to repair the door. He denied any knowledge of the 2017 investigation. <laughs> a couple of connection with the fire alarm. He never advised him of any red flags. Craddock showed investigators a termination tenancy letter uh, by certified mail on June 21st. So that would be four days after the raid. State police unsuccessfully attempted to interview this woman about the activity. He, you know, they, it also doesn't say why he lied when asked if he knew her. State police interviewed the tenant of the basement apartment. He suspected there was prostitution taking part because a lot of white guys were walking in and out. He never reported a suspicion of the Cranston Police Department. The basement tenant stated he paid his rent by dropping off a check at Bank of Rhode Island every month. So certainly a lot of uh, unanswered questions here. So the uh, attorney general, though, they're not going to prosecute Craddock. Additionally, um, there's little doubt the first floor was a common nuisance. What is lacking, however, is sufficient evidence to establish beyond a reasonable doubt that Craddock had actual knowledge the location was used for this purpose. It appears that they were notified that neither the realty or Craddock were notified about the suspected illegal activity following 2017. No evidence he was notified of suspected drug trafficking. Um, No direct evidence he knew of any illegal activity taking place there. There were certain information presented suggests there were multiple red flags should have given Craddock pause regarding the nature of the business operated by the first floor tenant. For example, there was no official record of a business registered at the location, no massage license displayed inside the unit, no business name on the exterior of the building or door, an interior surveillance camera and garbage bags taped over the windows. These are not the trappings of a legitimate commercial operation. Additionally, it appears that this business paid its rent in cash. As Craddock admitted being inside the unit multiple times, there's little doubt he was aware of the general appearance of the building from inside and outside. Given his law enforcement background, he had likely had reason to suspect this was not a legitimate commercial enterprise. The officer also noted some of Craddock's answer to the state police strain 
credit um, on credibility. For instance, his statement that he began to collect rent in person from his pen, uh, from the this tenant during the pandemic makes little sense. If nothing else, the pandemic prompted most people to have fewer personal interactions rather than more. His statement to investigators that he believed the plastic bag taped over the window compared to more typical window treatment were to keep light out as opposed to prevent someone from observing the activity within. Then he never learned why the broken door down and the uh, curious at best regarding the critical issue of whether he had knowledge of the criminal commercial sexual activity on Broad Street. There's ample smoke. However, beyond the reasonable, reasonable doubt standard to these facts, there's insufficient evidence to establish fire. Craddock should have known or must have known commercial sexual activity was going on is not the standard his office must beat. Rather, we must prove beyond a reasonable doubt that he did know. And the evidence presented to us by the Rhode Island police, that is not possible. There's been no record witness electronic could establish beyond a reasonable doubt. Please do not hesitate. That is Attorney General Peter Nerona. Now, again, I will reach out to them. Um, I don't know what to make of that uh, <clears throat> whole thing. So the um, the um, uh, the whole thing is very, very suspicious, to say the very least. And in light of the fact of this Boston Globe, very explosive story about that there are some. And again, folks, good afternoon. You're listening or watching the John DePietro show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. We're going to speak with um, uh, Joanne Giannetti coming up in just a little bit. But it, it is not I, I mean, it just doesn't stand to reason the Craddock thing. Um, we can only speculate. Why did he suddenly say, you know, I'll, I'll come in person and collect the money? Why would he, you know, that, that doesn't make sense. So the door is knocked down by the Cranston police and <clears throat> he has, um, no idea or doesn't even curious, gee, what happened to the door? Um, you go inside, there's plastic bags taped over the windows. He never thinks. Why, why do they, there's no sign. They don't have a business license. Gee, why do they have plastic bags taped over the windows? <clears throat> Doesn't think to ask that. He even admits he was going inside. I, I, all of it, folks. This portion of the program, now remember, the grilling season is here. For your grill, if you need a new grill or want to check out, here's the thing. Maybe you just want to see, you know, what's in the market right now for grills. Stop it and see my friends, Jay's, letter J, Jay's Broadway Appliance and TV, 47 Sweet Cedar Swamp Road, Route 5 in Smithfield. A family run, family operated. You know, they've been doing this since 1963. You deal directly with the owners. Why not a brand new grill? And remember, they'll match or beat when it comes to appliances. They'll match or beat any package deal. Their hours are Monday through Friday from 10 to 5, Saturday and Sunday by appointment. Look for them on Facebook, and then they also have a great website. It's letter J, J-S, J's, J-S appliance.com. It's grill time. Stop it and see them. You know, easy parking right down the street from 
Apple Valley. We were there. The protesters were there on Saturday. You can also find them on Facebook. Jay's Broadway Appliance and TV. What I like is you can drive right there and you deal directly with the owners. So, folks, again, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9. So there is some um, folks check out the website. We'll have some things on this Bud Craddock investigation. This just seems very, very suspicious to me. And it even seems suspicious to the attorney general. It seems to me that um, without knowing all the details that he purposely did not want to know what was going on in one of his rental unions, let alone the fact that he's he's the former chief of police in Cranston. So it's very interesting, especially the part he suddenly decided to go and start collecting in person. And he went up the back door to do it. Um, And what was going on inside? Also, when the police showed him a photo of the woman he was had been dealing with, he claimed he didn't know who she was. That's another interesting point. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show brought to you by Lawn Doctor. Hey, now is the time. Get your lawn in order for the spring. Call them 401-392-1025. The easiest thing to do, though, is go on their website and get a free quote. You just put in your zip code. Quick, easy quote, Lawn Doctor. And now is the time. Early spring, they do spring lime, late spring time release fertilizer. They also do high calcium lime, crabgrass control, tick and mosquitoes. They do grub prevention. Uh, then they come back in the summertime. It's a full program. Your best lawn ever guaranteed. Lawn Doctor and Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. But the website is lawndoctor.com. I want to pull up. Uh, the Boston Globe has a uh, good piece. We're going to talk to Joanne Giannitti. What's interesting is these progressives that are trying to go ahead with legalizing prostitution in Rhode Island and making prostitution legal in Rhode Island. It's a huge out-of-state money push. But what's also really interesting about this is it's the progressives that are doing it. And even in the Globe, this delusional idea by Cynthia Mendez, who's running for lieutenant governor, to be stating that, oh, no, this way they can unionize and young women should have a right to do this with their body. Folks, read the story. We're going to be joined by Joanne Giannitti, the former state rep who pushed to close the loophole of 2009. She's alarmed by this recent proposal. So, But this guy comes in from the outside. And, you know, the, the story is, you know, it's 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 rough. And the fact that this is going on in Cranston Street and there's drugs and there's abuse and there's sex trafficking. And guess who's backing the bill? Anastasia Williams, Kat Kerwin, Rachel Miller. Um, the bill never emerged. Um, boom, boom, boom. But then they, they talk about the Cynthia Mendez It's weird how the progressives, they never address the fact they want to decriminalize sex work. And for this, the Rhode Island Political Cooperative, they're championing this. Senator Tierra Mack, she also wants to make it legal. State Senator Cynthia Mendez, who's running for lieutenant governor. I mean, she is even talking about. Uh, and so people were so horrified, they all went up to the state house to testify. Um, but the progressives are the one leading the charge on this. And the, Mendez says that what could happen, 
is that all of the women involved with sex work could be labor unions get involved. And so they could have collective bargaining rights and the globe rights. It's hard to imagine what collective bargaining would look like on Cranston Street. There's no way to negotiate with a needle or a fist. My God. So great story by Amanda Melkovitz of the Boston Globe, who was out dealing with these different advocacy groups that go out there. But, folks, this is um, this is the progressives are all over this and trying to push for it. And, you know, uh, Mac calls it a victimless crime that some people rely on to survive and it would make communities more safe, protect this class of individuals. Uh, Mendes wants to abolish all laws prohibiting commercial sex and said, watch out for fear mongering. Focus on those who choose to engage in sex work voluntarily. But, you know, this story that they talk about. Uh, you know, the human trafficking and there's drugs and these uh, women, it takes them years to try to get over it. By the way, it's also there's young men out there as well. But this business, you know, that's a great line. Hard to imagine what collective bargain would look like on Cranston Street. No name, no way to negotiate with a needle or a fist. So, you know, this is... Um, you are listening to the John DePietro Show on 99.9 FM and Of uh, women, children, and even young boys. Yes, um, you know it, it's it's amazing, Joanne. And again, um, I, I'm just curious. It's you know your reaction. I think the Boston Globe story where you're mentioned, and just the reaction of some of the progressives of you know victimless crime, and and this is between adults, and uh, and also how right. about this Cynthia Mendez saying. Well, you know, through collective bargaining, they could have a better arrangement for themselves. Well, John, first of all, a lot of them, some of them may not have even been uh, in this state when all this was happening. Yeah. I mean, this this, this goes back to, I <clears throat> mean, we go back to the 80s with this when the loophole was made by mistake by yeah. former, former um, Maddie Smith, Speaker Maddie Smith, who... He cracked down on outdoor prostitution. Right. But when he did that, he eliminated the indoor part and yeah. that performed the loophole. That's right. So and I want I just these, I just want people to understand the loophole, right. the way it became formed was the law stated that there was to be no solicitation outside. outside so what right. that opened was all of these illegal quote spas with the body massages and the happy endings. So as long as it was taking place inside, under Rhode Island law, it was considered legal. Right. Yes. 
And they didn't find out about that till they tried to try a case yep. of, uh, of um, illegal of brothels, illegal brothels. Yes. That was being massage parlors, and yep. then it was ruled out of court. Right. So a lot of these people that are putting these bills in, um, you know, they're, they're a lot younger than me. and they, they Some may not have been in Rhode Island. Some might have been, uh, you know, in diapers when this was happening. Sure. You know, they, they don't know the history. I, I don't know about diapers, Joey, only because, <laughs> I mean, 2009... That would be 13 years ago. Yeah. So, well, uh, but I'm I, and about I, here's the thing: I understand you're trying to give them an out, but the fact of the matter is, there there is seemingly a pattern now. Oh, where I'm these... not trying to give them an out. Well, okay. I, I feel like this. Is, I, I, I'm going to be very clear. Okay. I feel that if you're going to make a law like this or change a law like yes. this, you need to do your homework. Exactly. Yeah. You need to find out why the law was made. You in the need first to place. Contact sponsors or yep. the people in and and let's not forget the victims yes you know the victims were totally left out of this their, their say was totally left out but joanne you you've <clears throat> listened to the testimony of some of the victims and yeah, i think I it's I think yeah. it's notable in the Boston Globe story by Amanda Milkovitz what I find interesting is the proponents of it they they never address or acknowledge the victims. The victims. Never. I know. It's like know. they put them off. To, and by the way, the big proponents of this are women, right? I know. Tierra Mack and Cynthia Mendez. Yeah. This attitude that they have in, in, in Providence, Kat Kerwin, Rachel Miller, you know, this is not a matter of some insensitive men. These are no. women. They're no. younger women. They have this mindset of, you know, Hey, it's my body and my choice and victimless crime and and uh, the, you know they can unionize, but it's it's you know what Joanne, it just it sounds very naive compared to some of the testimony you've listened to from victims. It, you, you know the testimony, well, uh, the committee. I watched everything, and the committee was very uh, upset with the te- when they heard the testimony. They were very moved by it, and yes. many spoke out. <clears throat> Uh, Senator Archambault spoke out, Senator Raptakis, uh, they spoke out, and I believe Dela Cruz spoke out. They spoke out then said that, you know, they could never support this right. in, in so many words, you know, and that they they were very, very cordial to the victims who, I have to say, John, when I started this in 2006, the victims never came forward. Wow. What has changed now, what has changed in 2022 is that the victims have united and they decided we're not going to take this anymore. Wow. We're going to back. Huh. But no one would come forward. We were telling their stories for them. Yes. We had, we, they were afraid to come, afraid wow. for their, you know, lives and everything. But, I mean, I, I, I have to give Amanda... Um, yes, the, the greatest tremendous. Trade Joanne, without getting without getting, and again, folks, we're sweet with Joanne Giannetti. Joanne, without getting too graphic, but just you know, for someone, just if you could lay out a little bit of the details, especially what I like is Amanda brought it home. This is Cranston Street. This is going on right in Providence. It's really not even that far from the Rhode Island State House. This is not glamorous. These are not. Women united saying our bodies, our choice. No. This is 
these are people, there, there is fear, there is violence, there is drugs, there is manipulation, there is terror. They're, right. they're treated, you know, at times worse than animal. There, there is, there's, there's nothing, it's just the lowest form. You hate to even think about that it's going on. But what's more frightening is the fact that they're trying to legalize it. Right, and let's not forget, this all started um, by a front-page article in 2006 in the Projo, Providence Journal, where the Asian girls were sleeping on a floor. Yes. There were like nine or ten of them. Some of them had, uh, they were physically, had sores on their mouth, okay, cooking over a sterno. And uh, at the time, um, the police raided, and uh, they tried, you know, these these were Asian girls, and they had nowhere to go. They were brought in and yep. promised, like, a life of being a model. Right. And they were kept like sex slaves. Yes. And at the time, when they discovered that this was legal, they I was called by Colonel Doherty of the state police because he knew I'd been working on the issue and asked, please put that bill in again. And and you know I did, and I I kept putting it in, and it took it took three four years wow. for it to go through. Yeah, and the it was just a, it was a set of three bills, John. It wasn't it wasn't just closing the indoor prostitution bill. It was a, a whole set of um, human trafficking laws, and also a law to ban uh, minors. 14 and 15 year old girls working in the strip club. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. Being, terrible. Um, they, they were runaways and they were um, given drugs and then they were being prostituted. Yes. So, I mean, there was one store. I mean, there was one girl. I mean, some of the cases came right out of my own neighborhood in wow. Mount Pleasant. And one girl on River Avenue, she was um, advertising on Craigslist. Mm. Um, I remember that young, story. Remember she was, that? She was murdered. Murdered. Yes. She had a little baby. Yes. Remember little she, baby. She would have the mother, her mother, watch the child, and it was just right. sad. You know, she would say to the mother, I, I need some time. So some nut uh, went to her right. apartment, and she thinks it's just going to be whatever, a half hour, and then he killed her in the apartment. I remember that. And, and then, John, we had the Craigslist killer. I remember that. Yeah, they caught him. Warwick. That was down at the, I remember that story as well, right <laughs> off Jefferson Boulevard. Right, and, and um, you know, thank goodness, thank God for um, Colonel McCartney yes. came forth and told at the state house and, you know, told the, the story and said, this has got to stop. Yes. We can't have this. So, I mean, I, I also have to give credit to the late, you know, Mrs. Kacheri. Yes, Kacheri. I, I, I was home yep. one day. And I got a phone call from, from her staff saying, would you hold for Mrs. Kacheri? And she said to me, and I'll never forget it, she said, I see you struggling all alone with this. And I want you to know that I told my husband this will not be his legacy. Mm. And I am going to come to the press conference. And she did. Wow. Think so, of I that. mean, um, he came out full force. I mean, Pat, I have to say, you know, no one does this alone. He came out full force. Yeah, uh, he did. Kachiri. I remember. So did um, uh, former Attorney General Patrick Lynch. Yes. Came out full force. And Brendan, as I said, Brendan Doherty and Colonel McCartney. And, you know, there were a lot of people that were afraid to come out. 
know, they were afraid to come out. But yeah, I, now, Joanne, I just want to focus. And again, uh, in the Boston Globe, we're speaking with Joanne Giannini, former rep. She's really the one led the charge to close the loophole. But according to the Globe, in March last month, Providence Senator Tierra Mack introduced a bill, second time, decriminalized prostitution, making a civil penalty, fines akin to a traffic ticket. A right. second bill, sponsored by East Providence Senator, Lieutenant Governor Kinnett, Cynthia Mendez, aims to abolish right. laws prohibiting commercial sex. That one was then Jeannie Hawkins, co-chair of the Rhode Island Political Cooperative, sponsor of both. But Joanne, I even like, and I, sometimes, you know, the local media there, I find they're, they're very uh, forgiving. You, it's, it's tough to find where they're critical of some of these progressives. But even in the globe... They mention the fact that even though you have victims testifying uh, and, and some of they called, you know, the survivors together with love where they try to, you know, help these young women. They reach out to these young women. They go out there at night, try to reach out to them, try to help them get off the street. But what, even the globe is kind of calling out the fact that these progressives, they, they will not acknowledge. It's like they, they don't want to look right. at them. They won't acknowledge and, the victims. And I, I want to make one point perfectly clear. If they want to have a commission or they want to do something, why don't they make laws that help these women so they don't go into a life like this? Yeah. Why are you going to condone it and say that this is the best that women can do or young boys? And let's be fair, John. Oh, there's a lot of that. So there's a lot of that. What you want to do, if they want to put in a bill, put in a bill for services or educate or something to help these women so that they don't have these this type of life. And and truthfully, I did put in a bill for those services and it, it didn't get passed because of the fiscal. They said it had a fiscal impact and it was a mandate. And what we we needed to do was to have that so that these people, these young people, and a lot of them were young. You know, it's not the edu- it's not the sex it's worker not. that goes out no, there and she no. takes care of herself. We're talking about the, the victims, the yes. people that are taken advantage of. There's one girl in there, Robin LaVessia, that yes. told this story. That's the typical story, yep. okay? They get they, they get taken in, you know, and then they can't get out. And so if they want to do something, do something to help them, not to encourage the pimps and give the pimps and the... Um, the madams a free pass. Yeah. That's what they're doing. They're and, giving them a free pass. And Joanne, and, and again, folks, we're speaking with um, former state rep Joanne Giannitti, who's mentioned in the Boston Globe story, but I just remember, who's was a big advocate of this. She helped close the loophole. She was leading the charge. Jo- uh, Joanne, what, what a lot of people don't realize, and, and part of it is it's such the underbelly of society, but I remember um, there was this guy from Brockton. And he was, you know, a man in his 30s, and he was basically a pimp. And he would bring sometimes as young as 14 years old or 16 years old in their runaways, and they are afraid of them, afraid of him. And he would bring them to that place that's now closed, but cheaters on Allen's Avenue. And he would enter with his two or three girls, 
and they would earn him money for the night. And and then you have, you know, as you said, you have these Asian women that are basically like indentured servants. Like they're told, you know, you can come to America, but you got to pay off the debt first. And they would move them around all over the place. I mean, it's just horrible the number of, you know, customers that they would have to have during the course of a day and week. And all, as you say, all sleep together and treated. They were really treated yep. as prisoners. And even, they were. you know, on Broad Street in Cranston, where they, you know, the Cranston police raided, they mention how, you know, all the women would arrive each morning in a van. And they're, you know, they're. They are prisoners, as a matter of fact. So I don't know how the progressives, you know, think that, well, what they need to do is they choose to enter this and they can have collective bargaining rights. And I'll tell you, Joanne, they, they're living in These progressives are living in a fantasy world. There is. Um, these women would have have no rights when they no. enter that. No, God, life. no. Their life is not their own. No. The, the sad part is, is that. Some people um, believe and that, you know, uh, it's their right. It's not, it's, it, it's your right if you have a will over what you're doing with your right. body. But we're talking about people being forced. And it's not just sex, it's also forced labor. You know, they're, they're forced here for other issues yes. too. Yeah. So, so the, the bottom line is, you know, you want, they want to have a study commission, but there's a study commission and it's, it's to, um, as 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 uh, Amanda mentioned, it's all one sided. Right. It doesn't have any of the victims on it. No. It doesn't have any of uh, the groups on it that no. are familiar with this. No, no, they not, don't want to uh, hear it. They don't. That's not a study commission. That's you know that's an agenda. That's you know they want a certain outcome. So well, they're not know, even. I I hope. You know that there are enough of people, and I think there are in the legislature. And from what I saw in that Senate Judiciary Committee that spoke up, that will not pass these bills and not see through this and see that there is an agenda, and there is someone with big bucks behind this. It's not. It's not the average no. sex worker. I no, can tell it's you. Not. You know that. Yeah, it's outside money, and you know that guy is a nut, and he has different people that would fund it. But I think, and before we let her go, folks, and again with me is Joanne Giannini, former state rep, who's done so much good work. But uh, one thing that is concerning that's to watch now. You know, I give credit. There's no way Senate President Dominic Ruggiero would he wouldn't allow something like this. No. But Joanne, that that progressive collaborative. If they get control of the state house, and right. you know, you don't know if if they do in fact, let's just say take over the Senate, or what if if Mendez became lieutenant governor, or you know, a lot of times they view some of these bills as you know trying to just move the ball down the field. Like we may not get it this time, but we're going to go a little bit farther, and then we may not get it next time, but we're going to move it farther and get more people along the way. This is one of those things that, you know, they may not say we're going to get it this year, but I'd be willing to bet that they're thinking three to four years from now, boom, this is what they could capitalize on and and get this passed. You know what, John, that's up to the people of Rhode Island when they vote. Yeah. I mean, people have to pay attention when they vote. And, and, you know, as I said, I was accused of uh, this wasn't easy 
bill for me to do. I was accused of stopping women from making a living. I remember. Like, yes. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I was, I mean, I had mothers call me and thank me because their daughters were runaways. Yes. And, and uh, you know, there were stories. I, could, I, I have plenty of stories. I know. To tell. I'm sure. But, you know, I, I think that um, in the end, for the victims coming forward this time and, and what the, the story that Amanda wrote in the testimony at the state house, I think these bills will not pass. And if they do, the people just won't elect the people that vote for them. Yeah. And Joanne, you know, finally, this, this is one of those things that you just, I just wonder, you know, you were a legislator that part of it is you, you have to be open. You have to take testimony from both sides. Right. You can't, they are so agenda driven. Um, and, and, you know, and I, I actually, Anastasia Williams is one of those saying this is depriving women of color from earning a living. I think of that woman in your district and the girl's mother who was the little the baby's grandmother saying, you know, listen, this is a way she just has these short dates with these men. It's a way to earn extra money. But it's so unsavory. You don't know who you're dealing with. Uh, and then it cost her a life. The guy, I remember that. He it he did. went in there and, and then, killed her. It's terrible. And then there were two, two the first two um, cases, federal cases for traffickers. They were from Elmhurst, the two men. Yep. Two, they were two young guys in their 20s, and they found out about the loophole, and they moved here from New York. See? And they were taking girls 15 years old yep. from New York here and yes. prostituting them That's out right. of an apartment yeah. in Elmhurst. How about that? Yeah. And I they, mean, there's so many stories. They do it under the guise of, you know, you're going to be a model someday. Right, you just got to right. work with you. You'll be an actress. Right. Um, and then... You know, drugs enter the picture, and people need to understand. Like that's why this Mendez of they can you you're talking about they are brutalized, they are physically beaten, they're raped. I mean, it's 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 brutal. It and it takes them a long time to try to get their life together to escape out of this. But the the bottom line is, Joanne, where you're right on the money is is if you allow this, that is the type of crowd that you you kind of invite into your state. Exactly. Yeah. And, and we talk about Providence. We wanted to be make a comeback. It's yes. my home. You right. Know? right. I wanted to be I wanted to be, uh, you know, a good place. Yeah. I, I don't want no one wants to have, you know, I have business people calling me right. at whatever uh. to these spas. I want it to be a place where people are safe and, if you know, feel comfortable. Right. And you don't want that. And no. most of these cases were in Providence. And, and one other point, John, that's very valid. Not one victim of, of, of all of this trafficking testified for making wow. this legal. Think of that. Well, there's the so. statement right there. Folks, she is Joanne Giannetti. Joanne, such a delight to talk to you. You sound great. Keep up the Thank good work. You, Thank you for joining Thank us. And we'll you. talk to you again sometime, okay? Thank you. All right. Bye. Folks, Joanne Giannetti. And it is uh, remarkable. And again, good afternoon, one and all. It is Juan. We're going to talk to Susie Yankee, chairwoman of the Rhode Island Republican Party. They, are, uh, they had a noon press briefing. I was initially going to go and try to cover it. And then just to scheduling, we we could not do that. But they, she's having, uh, they had a press briefing at the Rhode Island State House with State Senator Jessica De La Cruz just a, a short time ago. And the reason why this is in the news, I mean, that 
story in the Boston Globe where Amanda Milkovitz, to her credit, she's a very good reporter, was out there. She's on Cranston Street. There is um, there with a woman, and and they you they have names, they have photos. Um, Trisha Heeks of Providence. So you have these survivor advocate, and she's trying to talk to this woman, and you know they. Um, uh, let's see. Um, she's been out here on and off for three years. She said she was a stay-at-home mom for 15 years, got depressed, started using drugs. Her children now live with the mother. So, um, honestly, I think you should be able to do what you want with your own body. I think you should have that choice. I don't think it should be an illegal thing. Go to jail. Still, it's dangerous out here, she admitted. It's dangerous out here. She said she's adapted, but I see some girls who come out here and they get used and treated like blank. I always say get out while you can because Cranston Street will eat you alive. Uh, she shivered. Cindy, the executive director, shrugged off her puff jacket placed over her shoulders. Heeks glanced back at men watching from under the glare of a convenience store fluorescent light. And then the woman handed her a card. Call me anytime. Um, if you're trying to get away from someone, uh, call me. I'll come get you. Tucked the card away, uh, thanked her for the brownie, bag of personal items, hurried back to where the men were waiting. Ah, my goodness. Folks, it goes on. It is, um, but what what is amazing are the progressives that are pushing it. The progressives. It's it's the progressive wing of this political co-op. And old man Craddock, I mean, that is, I, I, I can't, Attorney General Pina Narona, I think they, they could have been a charge in there. There absolutely could have been a charge in there. But they decided not to charge him. We'll see if um, Chaz Kalenda comes out with any type of statement on that today. But that is, um, there, there's so many unanswered questions with that, um, with the fact that they are letting him go on this. I want to just see how the story uh Starts with um, a man stared at cars passing slowly on Cranston Street as a woman leaned into the driver's side of a work van around the corner, rose to tenements. People with shelter, a few women, uh, aimless, alone. Um, boom, boom, boom. It's very dangerous. They beat you up. They choke you. They take your money. They throw you out of the car while it's still moving. And then these women that started this organization, the nonprofit Together With Love, uh, they try to go out and and help these um, and help these. Uh, in, in this particular story, it's all women. I understand that there there are some um, some men involved with it, but it's um, I, I I don't remember. This is probably what I've seen the most damaging story to this political cooperative um, that I've seen written as of late. And only because so many of them are in favor of it and they uh, and want to have it passed in that way. But the Craddock thing, I mean, none of that makes sense. He just uh, the, the thing that is the oddest about it is he started going in person and then getting paid. Why would you go in person going inside up the back steps and then he would go there in person? That seems um, 
that, that not only is does that sound odd, but even with the uh, with the uh, Attorney General Pina Narona's office found it odd. So the state police wrapped up their investigation back in October, but they um, the Attorney General's office just wrapped it up. So. So for Governor McKee, now in fairness to Governor McKee and folks, again, good afternoon. At 1256, you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of our show is brought to you by Propane Plus. Remember, for heating or cooling, call Propane Plus today, 401-885-4209. 401-885-4209. Propane Plus, whether it's Rhode Island or Massachusetts, in Massachusetts, you can call them at 508 252 3359. Three generations. They're available 24-7. They offer online billing, schedule a service, delivery. All customers receive a free safety inspection. Propane Plus. They have a very easy to navigate website and residential commercial, and it's online at propaneplus.com. Call them today, Propane Plus. Folks, as always, visit the website, depetro.com and depetro.com, which is brought to you by the Centerdale Revival, comfort food and cocktails. I'll tell you, Shane does a tremendous job, but a great crew they have there. I was there just the other night, 2025 Smith Street in North Providence, Centerdale Revival. So right now at 1257, we'll get you up to speed. That, um, the report by Attorney General Peter Narona is, um, that's, uh, that's, that's pretty remarkable with, uh, some of the comments regarding, um, some of the comments uh, about in their investigation into Bud Craddock. Now, I also want to touch on, you know, we started hearing yesterday, Maria Bartoloma has a Sunday show on Fox. And she had a guest on yesterday that started touting they had a big story up or coming out uh, on U.S. Commerce Department official Gina Raimondo cashing in on China. But here's the thing in the story. And I don't know this Peter Schweitzer, but he promoted it yesterday. And I started hearing about it from people. But in this story, he says that she's worth. $1.8 billion, this Peter Schweitzer. And then he references Forbes magazine, saying, according to an article in Forbes magazine, Raimondo and her husband are worth $1.8 billion. Now, that is the first time that I've ever seen that mentioned. However, if you go to the story in Forbes magazine, it says that her and her husband, Andy Moffat, have a value or personal you know, net worth of $10 million. So now listen, $10 million is a lot of money, right? But what I don't understand is how does he come out with a story saying that she's roughly worth $1.8 billion and he references a Forbes story. And then when you go to the Forbes story... It says that she has heard her husband of a net worth of 10 million. I, I don't understand this story at all. I mean, I'm going to wait to see if they correct it. Um, she's worth roughly 1.8 billion based on her financial disclosure as reported by Forbes. 
But you go to the Forbes story that they reference, and it doesn't say $1.8 billion. It says that former Rhode Island Governor, now Commerce Secretary Raimondo, her and her husband, Andy Moffitt, have a net worth of $10 million. So I, I don't know where they where they come up with that. How do you go from, well, anyway. All right, folks, we're going to, um, uh, Susie Yankee, next hour, radio only, right here on the John DePietro Show.